0: cover the changing meta, and off... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Let's fix that. 4% showing this. Put up a 44... <clears throat> kind of out of nowhere, hog ride.
1: <laughs> and that there was the mating call of the wild Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, and I'm Joe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that doesn't work. So, I mean, it could work, I guess, but... <sighs>
1: I wonder if we switched places for an episode if anybody would notice. <laughs> Exposed! <laughs> Welcome to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale
0: podcast for casual players. I'm Rob, and I'm Joe. And this week we discuss Clash Royale League, cover the changing meta, and feature an awesome deck spotlight.
1: Boom, boom! And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, CLNSMedia.com, or wherever you get your podcasts, we hope you enjoy the show. Episode six zero, baby. Let's go! I. I feel like we need to do another little celebration, right? Like, 60 is a big deal.
0: Okay, on three, we're giving a big boom. Ready? One, two, three. Boom! Boom! You know, it's just like the little internal celebrations that you gotta have. You know, 60 is 50 more than I ever thought we'd make it to. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's fair point. This is a good day. How do you feel 60 episodes in, dude? What does it make you feel like? Old? Well, I mean, decrepit? How old are you again? 30? Your, your bones are aching. You're feeling a little bit tired all the time. You say 30? I'm 31. How old do you think I am? Dude, I was just trying to cut you some slack. I was trying to be a little bit friendly <laughs> here, make you a little bit younger. Wow. Bringing it back to the days of, of young. But all right. I mean, if you want to be 31,
1: you can be 31. I'm, I'm fine with that, that backtracking right there. That was a good save. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, we have a handful of things we want to talk about. Do you want to just jump right in? Let's do it. All right. So how was your week in the arena? Dude, week's been actually pretty good. So
0: season reset pretty recently. And dude, as soon as the season reset, you know, how, like normally we say, ah, once the season resets, I hate playing. Yes. I don't know what happened to me this time around, dude, but I was using the mortar mauler as I do every week. But man, I climbed to 4,500 trophies within the first two days of the season resetting. Oof. And for the second time ever, dude, I was ranked like 9,000th in the world. What? For all but maybe like four hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. And then I lost a couple of games and never saw it again. But man, I got to tell you, I couldn't believe how quickly I was able to climb up using the Mortar Mauler. Um, I went on this like crazy win streak, which never, ever happens. and. um I just enjoyed every
1: minute of it because like I said, it doesn't happen often, so I just tried to savor it. You should savor that moment, dude, for sure. I completely agree. I don't I I never get win streaks like that. But now I think you understand what I'm talking about when I say that I like playing at the be the, the reset of the season. I like doing that because I feel like I face more bad players. Yeah, no, it's 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 interesting that you say that because I feel like the, the people who
0: you're mentioning are better than us, right? The good players they are like the ones that are playing a lot at the end of the season. So once it resets, they kind of just take a break for like a couple of days. So I just took advantage of that, I guess, unknowingly, and just found my way up to 4,500 trophies. And I loved it.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, I think that the people who are really that good, uh, they get out of whatever trophy count they're in fairly quickly. I feel like they rise up pretty quick. Totally agree. But dude, other than that, I am still working on getting my
0: expo deck ready for ladder. I gotta tell you, dude, it is a struggle. I feel like I've been trying to level this deck up for the past three months, and I still cannot play it on ladder. Um, It's kind of disheartening, to be honest with you. It's like, if you try and make a switch to another deck, you have to reinvest months upon months upon months of requesting donations before you can even take it to the ladder. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous if you think about it. I I can't switch my deck in the ladder unless I invest three months of re- of straight requests for that, for whichever deck I'm working on, which right now is Expo. You know how you get around all that? Oh, yeah. Just, you know, open up the open
1: up the checkbook. Yeah, I was going to say, just reach your hand deep down, really low in your pocket, and just pull out those Greensteins and, you know, send them to Supercell.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, you and I have both been very, very casual players. You've been very, very much so free to play. Um... You know, every once in a while, throwing a couple of dollars here to sponsor tournament or, you know, make videos for YouTube or, you know, whatever. Right. But I mean, I don't have the money to throw in reach deep into my pocket <laughs> and, and level up an expo. I just don't have it. Yeah. So f- for, for me, I'm, 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 I'm patiently waiting. You know, I'm, my my fireball is halfway to 10 um, I'm about 20 Expos away from getting it to level seven. I'm hoping once those two things happen, I can take it on the ladder. But still, I'm going to be playing against maxed cards against an unmaxed deck. And to me, that's just, it's disheartening. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But enough complaining about me. How was your week in the arena? Uh,
1: my week has been, all right, uh, a little stagnant. I mean, I, I rose up from the reset fairly quickly, just like you. I made it to around 4,400, uh, and then... Very shortly after that, I just hit this huge wall where I now just cannot get past that magic number. And I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm playing worse or if I'm just playing better people. But I will tell you, I've noticed some some strange trend ever since uh, Supercell released that explanation about how matchmaking kind of works. Do you remember that a while ago? I do. I have noticed that I've been facing many, many more level 13 players. Yeah, I mean I guess we did
0: go through matchmaking and I mean it's based on trophy count. So I mean, you're you're playing against people that are level 13 because they're around the same trophy level as you and maybe not as good as you. I I don't know what the answer is, but I mean matchmaking is definitely not rigged. I mean, there was a Reddit post the other day I saw of some guy who took an absurd Uh, absolutely absurd amount of of um matchmaking games and tried to do some sort of analysis like you know deck a you know versus deck b is it a counter matchup and just took all of these different data points and plotted it out and i mean his reddit post was absurdly long super super insightful and at the end of the day he found no correlation between deck a and deck b right it's just trophy count
1: yeah i mean i I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that I think that it's rigged. I guess I was implying that maybe I'm playing better. Because I thought, I thought that the way that the quote-unquote algorithm worked was that if you're playing better, you play higher-level people. If you're not playing so well, you're playing... If I was not playing so well, right, I would be playing more level 11s.
0: Yeah, no, I think that generally the way that it works is you play against people of your trophy count. And if you're losing consecutive battles in a row, I think you may be playing against other people who are losing consecutive battles in a row um i think that that was implemented in order to prevent people from just constantly dropping trophies to then play you know easier matches um Mm -hmm. but all in all you play people that are close to your king tower very close to your trophy count
1: yeah that makes sense um but other than that i got two count them two magic archers from two separate chests nice dude so what level is he now Oh, he's still at level one because I don't want to upgrade <laughs> him yet. <laughs> Why I would I upgrade ups- him when I can't use him in the ladder? I, well, that's number one. And number two is I, if I'm going to spend gold, I already have a strategy for my spending, right? Like I buy the things for the cards that I need in the shop when they're available for gold, unless they're not expensive with gems, but mostly gold. Uh, and dude, like now I'm at the point where like we're both trying to max out cards. You need a hundred thousand gold for that. like, And that's just f- to go to the max level.
0: And commons are easy to get there, but like you said, I mean, you hit a wall, right? It's not easy to get. I mean, unless you're really good at challenges, it's not easy to get hundred thousand gold at a clip. Um. So you know, I'm I'm with you, man. So I'm I'm totally with you. And I I probably wouldn't have upgraded the magic archer either because I'm saving my gold for the four month of investment into the expo deck for whenever I can level that up. That's a good plan.
1: Um. Yeah. So I know I mentioned this on the last episode with uh, Rummy Hammy. I maxed out my Ice spirit, but now. I am working on maxing out my arrows because I feel like they will do a ton more damage once I get them max, especially against things that you wouldn't normally use arrows on. And I've been finding that I've been doing that more often because I only have two spells, right? I only have log and I only have arrows. So both of those combined do a lot of damage, but individually they don't really do too much.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And arrows serve a really great purpose for just dealing extra damage if you can you know, couple it hitting the, the, the troops along with also hitting the opponent's archer tower or princess tower, whatever you want to call it. At the end of the day, that damage over time adds up and it makes it easier to get your opponent in rocket range, which is the ultimate goal of the Mortar
1: Mauler. Bingo. It's funny that you say that before. Um, you called it archer slash princess tower. Isn't it funny that the quote unquote archer tower contains princesses?
0: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. That's I always get confused. Like <laughs> I have this internal battle every time that I'm like, there's a king tower and it is obviously a king tower. Right. But then everyone just calls the, t- the other towers archer towers. And I'm just like, but there's a, there's a princess on top. She just doesn't have an, you know, an AOE volley of arrows, flaming arrows that she's firing off of her.
1: Right. I think they really need to put archers up there. And this just brought me to a final point that I just came up with right now. Thanks to you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Bueller, anyone? Anyone? I'm right here, Rob. The king should be a card. What? Think about it. The princess is in the game. Archers are actually in the game, even though they're not in the Archer Towers. But why isn't the king a card? What would he do? What would he do? That's not for me to decide. That's for the magicians up in Supercell Towers to figure out. That's the million dollar question,
0: Rob. <laughs> right there. We found it. We have We have found the million dollar question, Rob. It's taken two full years, but we found it. Yeah, man, I just think maybe the king should be a card. Yeah, I mean, if there were ever the first 10 cost card, aside from obviously the boom man spell. Right. The king would be pretty awesome.
1: I can't wait to get emails and tweets about how the royal ghost is a dead king. Oh, well, I never thought about that, but that's so true. (laughs) We would have gotten so many. I don't want those emails or tweets, though. I don't want them because I want a card. Called the king.
0: DMs in our Discord and on Twitter, everyone <laughs> would be yelling at us, guys, there is a king. Are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> he's just invisible. Exactly. So I never see him because he's invisible. So I want a real king. That's what I want. That's my request. I'm sticking to it. Boom. Boom. So uh, other than that, we both failed at the CRL tournament, didn't we? Ah, <sighs> man. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't really have too many words. This one's still sore,
0: dude. I didn't have a chance to talk about it last week with Rummy here, but I got to tell you. I, I had extremely high hopes of being able to qualify for this thing, and um I got to 16 wins, so like so close yet so far away. You know, I only needed four more wins. You know, I I didn't do terrible, but at the end of the day, like I didn't get my goal, and um I was a little bit upset about that. But um I had a lot of fun playing, man. I got to tell you, I feel like the people that are playing this game nowadays are just so good. (laughs) I know. And they play all these crazy decks. And like, I don't know, I went into the the, the challenge and I feel like on the CCGS 21 challenge, there was just a lot of monotonous deck gameplay. You know, a lot of the same matchups where once you found a a deck, you kind of keep rolling with it and really just figure out the meta really fast. I feel like with the current state of the meta, there are so many different types of, of decks out there. Don't get me wrong. The giant double prince is probably one of the more common, one of the more quote-unquote true meta, you know, in the moment. But there are a lot of current viable meta decks out there. And I feel like for me, I'm just not good enough against all of those different things because I don't know them well enough. So I just didn't perform as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, I had a lot of fun. And, um, you know, congrats to all the other players who were able to get 20 wins. Double boom. But dude, huge announcements from the Clash Royale League came out recently.
1: I know, we finally have teams. Teams?
0: Dude, we thought the teams were going to be like Nova and Kranis Esports and like all all the the regular esport teams. Dude, this is like next level stuff. The teams that they have across the globe are huge organizational names. The, The names that you would see in, say, League of Legends, the biggest, if not one of the biggest, but probably the biggest esports game out there right now. Organizations like Team SoloMid, Hundred Thieves, Cloud9, Team Liquid, Fnatic, Team Dignitas, Misfits. But dude, they even got two of their very own content creator teams: Tribe Gaming, which is owned by Chief Pat, nice, and Team Queso, which is owned by the Alvaro. Both YouTubers, both content creators, both amazing each and of their own right. They own teams that are in this league. How crazy is that? They are with the top-notch organizations for esports in the world, and they are now going toe-to-toe
1: against them. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I am extremely excited and very impressed with how this whole thing is shaping up, and I think that this is the kind of thing that a quote-unquote serious esport game needs to do in order to kind of, you know, leave its footprint on the world. No, I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I was saying the
0: other teams that, that we thought were going to be in there, right? We thought that the teams that were going to be in CRL were the teams that have just been in the dominant scene of the game, right? I say right. Nova. Nova's in it, but in the in the Asian sector, right? But, like, there, there is no Nova in the North American sector, right? They're, they're, right. I would have thought that Hammer's Esports would have been there. Like, the, all of the teams that we've just seen in, like, regular leagues, they're not here. The huge esports organizations are taking over. They're, they're stepping their foot into this game. And I think it is
1: tremendous to see. So other than the, uh, the teams being formed, the 20-game winners need to check their inboxes, right? Yeah, man.
0: As we speak, the games are currently underway, right? NGE is hosting and coordinating all these online tournaments to see if these players who got 20 wins can impress these organizations, right? As we speak, these organizations are, are taking on players, right? We saw Complexity take on Adrian Piedra and named Colton as their first member, almost like their captain, the person who they want to build around.
1: I know, good for him.
0: Yeah, I'm, our buddy Colton, we couldn't be more happy for him, man. And, you know, he's being led by um, Mastery Matt, who is now the director of mobile gaming at Complexity. And it just goes to show you like these organizations aren't just picking up some players and creating a little team and having some fun with it. Right. These people are creating, creating a foundation for this game. And I mean, I'm only mentioning one team there. I just listed off 10 teams before. There are so many different organizations out there that are going to be contracting individuals for jobs and also competitive play. And like I said, dude, the foundation that this is creating for this game, I just can't wait to see what it sparks in the community. Um, Once games actually start being played.
1: Yeah, dude. I mean, the North American and the EU sectors alone both have eight teams. I mean, this is just like, uh, you know, any other big sport like the NFL or MLB or pretty much like I said, anything like you finally have like a team to root for. And theoretically, in the future, when players get swapped out, you know, you're going to you're going to feel that when a player leaves, but you're still going to have a, a sort of allegiance to a team. And I think that's a, a big deal.
0: Couldn't agree more, dude. And there were some talks like on Twitter, right, where people were saying, hey, when these organizations join Clash Royale and you're playing in game, you should be able to purchase a skin or when the games are being played, the crown tower should have the team's logo in the middle of it.
1: That is a ridiculously cool
0: idea, right? Like different skins where you can kind of customize it to make it yours, right? That,
1: that would be so cool. I got one. Can we throw one in? This is the Cast Royale suggestion. Let's do it. Confetti, that's the team colors. Dude, instead of, like, red or blue?
0: Yeah. That would be awesome. Make it the team colors. Yeah, like, Cloud9's, like,
1: very bright blue, like, baby blue color, right? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely logos that have multiple colors in it, right? So you could have confetti that is those two or three colors. Yeah, like, Team Solomid's white
0: and black, so you could have that. Yeah! Dignitas is, like, gray and yellow with a little bit of black. Yeah, that'd be pretty awesome, dude. Bingo. So if you're, like, rooting for the player on that team, it just... Pops out that color. I love it. I'm I'm so on board with little customizations like that. That's so cool. Yeah, and no, I couldn't agree more. So whether it's customizations or whether it's just awesome gameplay, man, I can't. I I feel like I'm fanboying right now, but I cannot wait for this stuff to just come through. The vision that Supercell has for esports and what they're doing with it. I think it's very clear. We've said it from the very beginning, almost way back when Woody was on the show. Esports is the future of this game. It's finally at the fingertips. It's finally almost here, and I just, I'm salivating waiting for this thing to start.
1: That's all right, man. I'm right there with you. It's okay to fanboy every once in a while. This entire show is a giant fanboy. We are fanboys. We talk about a video game because we like it. That is the purest definition of a fanboy. Boom. Boom. Tonight, we're sponsored by Stamps.com. Joe, these days you can get practically everything on demand, like our podcast. Listen whenever you want, when it's convenient for you. So why are you still taking trips to the post office to mail letters and packages when you can get postage on demand with Stamps.com? With Stamps.com, you can access all the amazing services of the post office right from your desk 24-7 when it's convenient for you. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, using your own computer and printer. And the mail carrier picks it up. Just click, print, mail, and you're done. It could not be simpler.
0: That's right, Robin. as many of our emailers might know, we are super busy here at Casa Real, And Stamps.com allows us to print, ship, and mail out our merch right from our desk. It couldn't be easier. It saves us so much time. And we love it.
1: That's right. And right now, our listeners can use the promo code CAST for a special offer, which includes up to $55 of free postage, a digital scale, and a four-week trial. So don't wait. Go to Stamps.com. And before you do anything else, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in CAST. That's Stamps.com and enter C-A-S-T CAST. Thanks a lot to Stamps.com for sponsoring our show. So I'm pretty sure we also got some sneak peeks. We did get some sneak peeks, kinda.
0: Yeah, I'd say like a little bit of sneak peeks, right? Like Supercell's been pretty close, close to the vest here with these, uh, with these kind of sort of sneak peeks. But they've been tweeting a, a little bit on Twitter about a, a little uh,
1: emoji. Have you seen it? Yeah, they just keep typing out boats. I don't know what that means. Like are they going on vacation? Are they going on a cruise? Maybe. Every time I see it, I just think of the song Come Sail Away. Come sail away. What song is that? Come on, man. Sticks. No? Before your time? Before my time. Before almost everybody who's listening to the show's time. So forget the reference. You did show your age before, (laughs) right? But don't start with me. What
0: I do hope is that whatever boats are out there is that they're sailing us somewhere. So for example. What I think would be super cool is if the boats were like a quest, like a like a trip or a journey. Like you know how Clash of Clans had the ability to do like a, a PVE type thing where you were kind of going through stages of the game. Yes. Off technically offline, not playing versus someone but playing versus a computer. How cool would it be if this was like a boat where like you went from island to island or thing to thing, every thing or call it section, maybe a different kind of map, map or theme, and you played like a little mini game within the game, um, and beat things and unlock things. And you kind of just traveled. The other way I think about it is like you take a boat somewhere or, or, or there's like a card that's in the river, like in the middle where you can like place a card in the middle of the river that can kind of go back and forth left to right. Um, I think either one of those two things would be super, super awesome, but obviously I have no idea.
1: Yeah, me neither. But whatever it is, <laughs> I really hope that there's a boat that comes through the river in the map while you're playing ladder games. That'd be kind of cool.
0: Yeah. If, if it was like your boat or something, like if if it shot things or if it did something, if it's, if it's your opponent's boat, it's not that cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, there still could be a card on the way that is a boat. We don't know.
0: Right. Well, but the boat would have to be in the river, right? Like It can't be like a a a, a land boat. That would be weird. No. Right that defeats the purpose of calling it a boat. Right that would make then Sparky an even worse card because why would you use Sparky when you can have a land boat. <laughs> <laughs> right right would you rather use a trash can on wheels or a land
1: boat <laughs> i'm going with a land boat dude right no i i uh i like it i like it a lot no but how like how cool would it be if you just had like a i know they don't like defensive stuff but like a card that just went back and forth in the river that kind of acted like a pirate ship and it just shot cannons and stuff
0: yeah that's what i'm talking that's exactly what i'm talking I'm, I'm totally in you are you are picking up what i'm putting down that's what i'm talking about baby you are rowing my boat bro that's a weird analogy for something, whatever that is.
1: It works, though, I
0: think. You are stirring my noodles, man.
1: What? At least my analogy made sense. You are catching my fastball. Oh, all right. Well, anyway, do you think that the boat has to do with clan wars? Because that's been a rumored thing for quite a while, and it almost seems like it's going to happen.
0: Clan Wars does seem like it's going to happen. They haven't said anything truly official yet, but they've teased it on Twitter. They, or Maybe not Twitter, but they've teased it on Reddit. And um, if it happens, I can't wait for it to happen if it does happen. But if the boat relates to Clan Wars, I would just be cautiously optimistic because I would want to know what, kind of new card would be added to the game in a clan
1: war that like we haven't been able to use before.
0: But I don't know. It could be
1: really cool. Does a card have to actually be added? What if you just take your boat idea and you travel back and forth between different clans or you use your clan to progress forward up a, you know, it's kind of like it it looks like a ladder, you know, you're just going through the game on different circles and you just pick different areas and then as your clan does better it's rising up in the rank following the boat's path and you're just seeing other clans boats and when the boats get to the final hoorah i guess you get a massive amount of uh rewards you know i think that'd be pretty cool but i think i'd like a card better (laughs) i mean i'll take a card i'll definitely take a boat card
0: like for me it's just like why have a boat that just is symbolic when you can have a boat that
1: you can use bingo maybe it's a sky boat a sky boat is a thing, not in real life, but in games and stuff. I've seen like flying boats, that makes
0: sense. Yeah, I've seen flying boats. Have you ever played like the new Mario Party on on Wii? No. That's new? Wii? Well. <laughs> sorry.
1: <laughs> you think you're showing your age now.
0: First of all, Rob, <laughs> it was Wii U. And second of all, it's I think the newest Mario Party. So I believe you. But I digress. I believe you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Um, and also, big, sad announcement, no more clan chest. Rip. Dude, so, first of all, it's sad because it kind of shortens our chest opening segment, so that's kind of a womp womp.
0: Yeah, dude, that's like an indirect nerf to this show.
1: Yeah, I I don't I don't like this one bit. Supercell is targeting us.
0: <laughs> yeah, what what's going on? We are too overpowered. This was determined from use rates and win rates <laughs> <laughs> and from listening to the community.
1: Yeah, that's what happens. Give it give us what we don't want. That's what we need.
0: Next up, Dark Prince.
1: Yeah. But the good news is, is that whatever they're implementing, they took the time to call out the fact that the rewards that you are going to get from whatever they're replacing the clan chest with, a new feature, right? The rewards that you get at first may not seem like a lot, but I guess the final reward will be over the top better than what the clan chest's max reward would be. So that I'm kind of excited for. My main question is, Is a chest still involved? Because I want to open a chest.
0: Yeah, right. Chests are pretty cool. I think a couple things with this, right? Some people would argue, well, why not just keep the clan chest and add something new to the game? Well, two things with that. One, the clan chest, as Supercell said, and I think as a lot of us feel, has become a lot less of an event and just more of a, nah, it's there. And if we do it, we do it. If not, we don't. Uh, people don't care as much about it because it's there every single week.
1: Right. And when you do do it, it feels like a like a grind, like it's like a stressful thing, like,
0: oh, my goodness, we're not going to make it. Right. And also because people aren't so, you know, gung ho and hyped about it, less people are doing it. So for the people that really want to try hard to get it, it's harder for them because they want to get 10, you know, a, a level 10, but they just grind, like you said, to get there. And it's like impossible when only five people do
1: it. Right, and it I've noticed in my clan, you know, not going to call anybody out cuz it's not relevant, but I'm sure it happens in your clan and other clans around the world. It causes a little bit of frustration in the clan when 10 people are the only ones that are really getting crowns for the chest and, you know, we're being asked, "What about the people that are getting one and two? Why aren't they helping?"
0: Right, when half the people in the clan get less than 10, it's like, "Okay, are we really an active community here or are we just kind of, you know, riding by the seat of our pants?" But at the end of the day, The second thing, right, so first thing is just it's not as cool as it used to be. And the second thing is the UI of Clash Royale is simple. It's clean. It's not cluttered. It's not complex. Not yet. Right. But the problem is if you just consistently add things and you don't remove things, then it just becomes cluttered. So what I think they're going to do is they're going to remove clan chest, right? And in that spot, they're going to put something else. Hopefully, I think clan wars. Yeah. And... You don't have to replace it with a new feature. You can just include it in a new feature, like you said. If if you do clan wars and you get more, then not only are they replacing it, they're one upping it and they're doing better with it. Um, so to me, it's I think it's fine. I mean, it's sad to see the clan chest go. Um, but one thing that they did acknowledge is that a lot of people do use the clan chest to to measure activity. Yep. And um, you know, they are thinking about ways to integrate that while removing this so i think you know they're kind of covering all of their bases supercell once said we got this
1: and i trust them dude (laughs) i do too um and you know what i i i was over the top about the fact that we were going to be potentially getting more rewards compared to the current clan chest but i i kind of geeked out a little bit because you know me in clan management like i just i need i want tools i need and want tools to keep track of things. And I just, I, I, I hope them calling that out. You know, the fact that people use this feature currently to keep track of people playing as activity, right? I want a good, if not way better replacement for that because just seeing someone's counts, it's not really enough. Like give me the last time they were online. That would really help.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think it would help. But either way, I don't, I mean, the current system isn't so great for measuring activity. Um, so even if the next system isn't so great, it, it's not going to bother me too, too much. But um, I agree with you. Any additional ways that clan leaders can better measure their activity, their users, would be great.
1: Couldn't agree more. And one quick thing, Clash Royale was actually featured on the App Store under the heading, Here's What We're Currently Playing. So, dude apple's been getting their clash on yeah they have dude and they had this gif of a hog
0: rider like a quest that was like a hit a tower with a hog rider 10 times and <laughs> then it was just like a hog rider just like hitting 10 towers and then them claiming <laughs> a, the reward that is not currently a quest by the way so maybe that was like a little bit of a, a sneak peek for what's yet to come like new quests Ooh. new things like that right that have you ever gotten a uh hit 10 towers with your Hog Rider quest before? I haven't. No, but I I like the idea of things like that. That's cool. Yeah, I think that would be really awesome, right? Like, you can force people to play cards that maybe they don't play anymore. Like, not just play epics, but play the skeleton army. Not just play epics, but
1: play the clone spell, you know? Right. Like, destroy 250 skeletons with a log. That would be awesome. (laughs) And it'd be fun, too, because as they, you know, as they get rolled over and you convert them all to the uh, purple elixir goo, I think you'll feel pretty good about it. Is it purple or is it pink? Uh, I don't know. Is it purple pink? Magenta. (laughs) It's magenta. Magenta. (laughs) Neon magenta color. Yeah, it's bright neon pink purple. Boom. Mm Mm-hmm. But aside from that, dude, we got some challenges. Yeah, man. Uh, the Reddit Deck Challenge. This one was pretty neat. Do you want to explain what this one was? I actually really like this one. So you, it's a two-tiered system, right? So the first part of the challenge is free to play. I like that most of the time they base these off of crowns instead of wins, which I think is fantastic. Uh, so needless to say, I was at least able to make it through to the second round. I'm assuming you did too. Passed with flying colors. A+++++++.
0: Actually, I did pretty miserable getting the crowns, to be honest with you, but I wound up getting it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, did you have a good time while you
1: were doing it, though? Kinda. A lot of frustrating Kinda. moments, to be honest with you, but I made it. Hmm. Yeah. I, I wound up playing that part of the challenge on and off, like with a long period of time in between my ons and offs. Uh, so I think that was probably part of it. I think if I played more continuously, I would have done better. But dude, the coolest part, right, is in the name. Reddit Deck challenge. So Supercell put out a post on Reddit saying that they want all people to send in suggestions for decks. And then how it worked was if your deck with its name and explanation and a link to how to play it got voted up high enough within the Reddit thread, it got chosen to be in this challenge. Of course we submitted, we didn't get it. That's okay. There were clearly better decks. These decks that they did choose were very different than most decks that I think that you and I, and probably most people, get to play. And I personally, although I didn't do well in, obviously, the second part of the challenge, I really enjoyed playing someone else's perspective. I enjoyed being in someone else's shoes and playing a deck that I would never play, because I don't have cards that are leveled up enough, nor do I think that I'm smart enough to put together a deck that's this kind of good.
0: And I think this challenge should have been named the Magic Archer Challenge instead because, (laughs) dude, almost every single deck had the Magic Archer. Um, Don't get me wrong, I had a lot of fun with these decks once I got to kind of figure out really how to play them. But I I, I agree with you, actually. I think that at the end of the day, these decks put a different spin on on the game where I wouldn't have ever put these cards together in most cases. And, um, you know, a lot of them worked out pretty good. Well, on a brighter side, maybe next time we'll get our deck in a challenge. But
1: aside from that, we did get one other challenge, which was the 2v2 touchdown challenge. It's the first time we're getting touchdown back to back, like within a week of another, ch- of another challenge. True. This one is 2v2, whereas the last one, the kind of boring one, was 1v1. I personally don't like playing touchdown when I'm by myself. I'll do it. It's cool, I guess. But like, dude, having a teammate with touchdown is like a whole nother world when you play that game mode. And I personally think that it should be like that most of the time.
0: Yeah, and I agree. I think playing with more people adds more fun to the game, right? Just makes it more chaotic. There's more cards on the screen. Yeah, and I I agree. And I mean, this challenge is really cool, right? If you won the whole thing, it was nine wins. You got 26,000 gold plus three more thousand for just winning. Plus, you got a giant chest. I mean, the, the rewards are pretty good. I mean, we talked about before not having a lot of gold in order to do our upgrades. And um you know, this was certainly a way to do it. At the end of the day, th- th- this, is, this is awesome. And I think, you know, while we're waiting for the update to come out, which, you know, is supposed to be a bit, a bit later
1: this month, this is a good way
0: to kind of not kill time, but just kind of keep new things kind of up and
1: coming. Right. Well, needless to say, we had a lot of fun with these challenges. They were a little uh, stressful, a little frustrating, but it's always good to see the touchdown back in the arena. Uh, and it was cool to see the Reddit twist on a challenge because that has never happened before. And I hope to see them do more of that. Couldn't agree more. All right, ma'am. Well, we got our meta check. Meta check. That's right. Our boy Lloyd Christmas, Sir Devin, comes to us with another awesome meta check for our 60th episode. Joe, what does Devin have to say? All right, man. So like you said, Devin,
0: our boy Lloyd Christmas is his with the numbers. And dude, guess what? Hog Rada! is hot right now. Kind of out of nowhere, Hog Rider put up a 44% showing this week, the highest it's had in some time. This has also boosted the uses of the Ice Golem to 56%, the Ice Spirit, 48% and the Fireball. So as you can see when the Hog Rider is used, the Cycle Decks are used, the Meat Shield, the Ice Golem is there, the Fireball to clear the path. The Ice Spirit, that little annoying little card that just makes it ever so difficult to kill the Hog Rider. They all get used together. So, Hog Cycles are prevalent. On the other side, Tornado usage is also up, sitting at 28% for this week. And as you know, it's one of the best possible counters for the Hog Rider because it can pull it into the King Tower, activate the King Tower, and then every other time is a plus one Elixir Trade whenever it's played. Yeah, redirecting the hog rider is a clutch move. Yeah, and you know, if the hog rider's ever use the ice spirit, it loops them both into the middle, and then you can drop down your own ice spirit, it eats the regular ice spirit damage, and then it's your ice spirit still goes off. So at the end of the day, it's it's a it's a no-brainer. Right. On a lighter note, where's the barbarian barrel at, man? Good question. This card was supposed to shake up the meta, but dude, it hasn't appeared once at the top of the ladder since its introduction into the game more than a week ago. What was thought to be the next best alternative to the log must not have had the value for the pros to turn to just yet. And the difference here, dude, is that the log is two cost. The barbarian barrel is three, and while you get a tank out of it, the purpose of the log is not to get a tank. The purpose of the log is to kill small troops at a very cheap cost and cycle while doing it.
1: Yeah, I just think that this card maybe hasn't found its place in the arena yet. And I think that maybe once they tweak it as they like to do with new cards, I think maybe it'll it will uh, it'll settle in somewhere eventually. No, I agree, man.
0: At the end of the day, cards are never perfect when they're first released into the game. We've seen this with almost every card that's ever been released into the game. Mm-hmm. We need to see how it plays. Supercell has to do its tweaks. It has to find its own meta, its place in the meta. And I do think it it does have a very, very good place in the meta. It just hasn't been found yet. And with small tweaks from Supercell, I think it'll help it get there. Right. So what else does Evan say? The Dark Prince dude is still red hot. We've been talking about this card for the past month now. There's not much more to be said here, but his use rates have been consistently over 30% for the last six weeks and counting. Whether it's with the P.E.K.K.A., the Giant, the regular Prince, the Miner, it doesn't matter. The Dark Prince has proven to be one of the most versatile cards in any deck, whether it's a beatdown deck or a bridge spam style deck. Yeah, man, Dark Prince rises. That's what we do, baby. So, anything else? So I've got one more for you. The Magic Archer has had a very modest little splash on the meta since it's been introduced in the game over a month ago. Even with Supercell's latest challenge, Featuring many of the new cards in the game, particularly the Magic Archer as we just talked about, the pros themselves haven't found enough value to make him a staple card in many decks. With the rise of Fireball, Magic Archer may be due for a little bit of a buff, kinda like the Electro Wizard got once before, when the Fireball no longer killed him.
1: Ah, yeah, that's a good point. I, I still don't know if this card should die to a fireball. Maybe a fireball and a zap. Yeah, I mean, that's what it takes
0: to kill an Electro Wizard, right? I think that the, the hesitation that Supercell might have with that is that the point of it dying to a fireball, whereas the Electro Wizard does not, is that it has tremendous range, right? Basically, you're not getting... there. There's very little punishment if you have all that range and you can't be killed by a spell. Um, you know... An Electro Wizard doesn't have that range. It attacks very close, although, yeah, yeah, it's got some distance between its troops, but it's not seven and a half or nine tiles away,
1: right? I mean, come on. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like that, I mean, please understand that I understand the difference in this analogy, but I'm going to say it anyway. I feel like it's kind of similar to using a rocket against a Sparky. Yeah, I mean, they're both four,
0: right? Like, they're both four six cost in your analogy and in 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 my world it's it's four versus four but the electro wizard is four as well um in my mind the the way though i would really look at it is the magic archer is kind of like the flying machine yes they're fragile they're four cost damage dealing troops and they can pack a punch but they can both be killed by fireball and poison and you can take them out but you know at the end of the day I think that you, you 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 risk it dying to the spell because you have the value out of range. And if they take it, if they take the risk of it dying away <laughs> to mm-hmm. a spell, then it becomes instantly much more powerful, like instantly much more yeah, powerful. Yeah, it's a
1: good point. I wonder if there's anything, I mean, I want to move on, but I wonder if there's anything that they can do with just like the speed of the card to make it better. You know, like maybe it runs across the map quicker. Yeah. So it can like maybe avoid a fireball or cause your opponent to have to really, really pay attention to how far ahead of the archer they have to aim. Strategy, man. Love strategy. But that's <laughs> not everything. We
0: did pick a couple of things to talk about. As always, we will leave the meta check in the show notes. So if you'd like to take a look and have any questions, let us know and we will try and get back to you. Bada bada. Boom.
1: Boom. Tonight, we're sponsored by Dollar Shave Club. Joe, your bathroom called. It's time to give it the cleaning it deserves. Get rid of all the junk that's lying around. Freshen it up with high-quality products from Dollar Shave Club. Members like us, we get everything we need for our morning routine delivered right to our door. Dollar Shave Club, as you'd guess, has razors. But they also have shave butter, shampoo, body wash, toothpaste, everything you need. To look, smell, and feel your best. They even gave me the Executive Razor, which is their highest end razor, and it gives me the highest quality shave every time I use it. And since Dollar Shave Club delivers everything to you, you don't need to step in a store wandering around aisles, hunting for razors, and everything else that they offer. That's right, Rob. So clean up your bathroom and your morning routine.
0: Join Dollar Shave Club today, and for just $5 with free shipping, you'll get the Six Blade Executive Razor Plus. Trial sizes of shave butter, body cleanser, and one wipe charlies. Then keep the blades coming for just a few bucks more a month. Get yours at DollarshaveClub.com slash Royale. That's DollarshaveClub.com slash R O Y A L E. Thanks a lot to Dollar Shave Club for sponsoring our show. All right,
1: well, we got some chests. Yeah, we do. So I I personally think I'm going to like this because I think you have more than me. Do you think that? I think that. That's that's my bet. I'm going to flip a coin and know that I'm going to win. I have a clan, a crown, and a singular big dog. And
0: I have a clan, a crown, and three. Count them, three (laughs) big dogs. Ah, I
1: won in so many more ways than one. It's great.
0: Yeah, I guess this is what happens. Little brother never leads unless I have more chests than you. Right.
1: So, what would you like to do first? Clan or crown? Dealer's choice. Let's do crown chest. All right.
0: All right. You ready? Ready. Crown chest. 658 gold. Nice. Two gems. Ayo. 11 cannons. Womp, womp. Nah, no. Good for touchdown. Hmm, nah. See? Yeah, yeah. Don't don't knock it. Nine dark goblins. 67 skeleton barrels. And a good old prince. Ooh, nice. My original epic card. It was not a bad chest. I will not call that a frown chest. I will call that just a crown
1: chest. No, I like that. That was good. Alright, my my crown chest. You ready? Ready! Level 512. Crown chest. Here we go. What? 658 gold. Two gems. 31 Goblin Gang. That's okay. Hmm. 48 Tesla
0: Towers. Tesla Towers are pretty good, dude. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe mark my words, dude, but
1: Tesla Tower is going to get a nerf, I think. Te- the only reason why I don't like Tesla Tower is because it's a. It's a pretty standard counter to my mortar, so it, it drives me crazy when somebody drops a Tesla right in front of my mortar. But, like I said before, touchdown. Touchdown. All right. Eight wizards. Kind of blah. Blah. And one lightning. Ooh. Lightning,
0: I think, one day will get a buff, and then that will be a pretty good chest. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy with this chest. As you should be. Yeah. Can I go now? Do you really need my permission to open up <laughs> your chest? All right, 10 of 10 clan chess, here we go. Whoop, whoop. As always, 1,620 gold. I love that number. Five flying machines. Nice. Six tombstones, pretty bad. That is pretty bad. 59 Little Larry's. Aww, I'm so sad. Rip, Larry. Rip, <laughs> Larry. Rip. Uh, oh, man. 74 elite barbarians. Ugh. That's pretty bad. 107 spear goblins. That's not bad, actually. That's pretty good. Three. Oh, no, no, no. No, never mind. <laughs> 16. Three musketeers. That was very. That was said very wrong. 316 musketeers. <laughs> 316 musketeers. <laughs> <laughs> and to wrap it up, three guards.
1: Not too shabby, Babby. It's pretty good. So really, you got nine guards. Right. Really, I did. Right. Wait, so that was a good clan chest, right? Yes. That was a flan chest. Flan? No, flan's bad. No, we like flan. Oh, we like flan now, Our friend right? from Florida, right, told <laughs> us that we we need yeah. to like flan.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. I totally forgot, though.
1: Don't worry. I didn't forget. No, you never forget. I like flan now. I'm a a flan convert. You're a flanemic flansterstein. Well, hopefully I I open up a good flan chest. You ready? Okay, yep. 1,620 gold, as usual. One elixir collector. Rob, it's an elixir pump. In your world, yeah. But one? Well. Six dark goblins. Not too shabby? Oh, We're not looking good. We're looking at burnt flan. Are you ready? Uh Uh-oh. Nine barbarian huts. Burnt flan? Yeah. Ugh. Can you burn flan? I
0: mean, yeah. Why not? You can burn anything, right? You can't burn ice. Speaking of which, 11 ice golems. Well, (laughs) can't burn that. (laughs) Right. No,
1: but I could burn (laughs) 85 fire spirits. Right. Well, you're getting all the elements here, dude. I know. I know. Uh 155 Goblin Gang. Okay. And last but not least, coming in hot. Three princes. Nice. Yeah, dude. That was real good. Yeah, that was pretty serious. Boom. Yeah. I'll take three of any epic card, really. I would I would agree with that, actually.
0: Alright, so am I moving on to the big dogs now? Is your show, Joe? <laughs> First up. I've got a giant chest. Here we go. Pretty sure the last time we opened up a giant chest on the show, you pulled a legendary, so let's see what happens. Well, that'd be cool. 924 gold. Nice. One guard. Hmm. 97 barbarians. Aw, man. 148 little Larrys, dude oh sad rip larry i don't know if this is rip or if this is like paying tribute man it could be tribute yeah we're paying our respects that's what's happening we're paying respects rip Mm -hmm. larry yeah last but not least this is terrible 62 wizards ooh not the card i wanted to see man
1: so a not so giant chest that is a not so giant chest indeed all right, so normally I would go next, right? Uh, but you have two left, and I think that we should finish together. So why don't you do one, then I'll do mine, and then you do yours. Okay. All right, so I've got a magical chest.
0: Ooh, I like it. Here we go 1320 gold. One. Count it one. Flying machine. Nice. Two furnaces. Okay. Twenty-seven bombers. Eh, Alright, whatever. <laughs> Six bomb towers. Something 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 bad's happening. Something's going this is going severely <laughs> downhill, dude. <laughs> this guy's got, got tragical chest written all over it. Yeah. 74 zaps. It's okay. 183 Musketeers. You didn't get that one wrong. I didn't get that one wrong. And to wrap it up four <laughs> freeze spells. <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> dude. This is a tragical chest. If I've ever opened one, dude. Yeah, that, that is the
1: uh, textbook definition of a tragical chest. All right. Yikes. Well, maybe, maybe I can do one better uh, with my singular big dog, which is a super magical chest. Boom. Yeah. Get it, dude. All right. Level 762 super magical chest. You ready? Ready. There's just something so epically hefty about this chest when it opens. I don't know. I can't handle how good it is. Anyway, 7,128 gold. I always forget how much gold that
0: thing gives, and it's
1: tremendous. It is a ridiculous number. 183, Larry's. Dude, we are paying so much tribute right now. Yeah, I think we have like close to a thousand Larrys, right? I don't
0: know. He deserves it. He deserves every bit of Larry he can get. He, he does.
1: Three rage spells. <laughs> not not great, okay? Now, let me, let me just preface this. Not great, but they already started giving me epics. Yeah. It's a second card. Yeah, that, that could be good or bad. As with everything in life, Joe. Yeah. Right. Right. You ready? Ready. 40 fireballs.
0: That's pretty good. Ooh, nice. 424 bats. That is good. Mortar mauler, baby. Let's go. What's the
1: most amount of bats. 118 tombstones. I think this chest has it out for you, dude. Hey, well, there's only two cards left, so hopefully it can redeem itself. I agree. Oh, dude, 23 P.E.K.K.A.s. Big Mama P.E.K.K.A.? Yeah, dude,
0: 23! Oh, yeah, that, okay, so it's coming back. It's coming back. <gasps> no. The Mega Knight! <laughs> Mark my words, this card is going to get a buff. It's going to get its uh, its uh, damage radius back again, and that card's going to be a monster.
1: Dude, I can't believe that that just happened. It totally saved itself from becoming a super tragical chest. Totally agree. That just
0: totally redeemed the day um, of chest openings. But, dude, I've got one more. Uh-oh. So I can't raise or match your super magical chest, but I can open another Magical chest. Oh. From my quest. All right. I like it. I like that. That's a good one. So this one's the last one. Here we go. 1320 gold again. Nice. Three cannons. These cannons, man. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Four royal giants. Dude, if this has anything, if this is vision of what's yet to come, I'm going to be a pretty upset person at the end of this chest opening. Yeah, me too. 17 regular minions. Oh, my gosh. 35 elite barbarians. No! What's happening? All right, this one's not so bad. 43 tesla towers. All right, I'll take it. 26 valkyrie (laughs) and four poison. Hmm. Um, Well, the poison's good.
1: Valkyrie's pretty good, too. You just don't use it
0: i I Rob, I like I get
1: that you're trying to make me feel better right now, but um wait, I got one more I got one more. Can I try again? There's always a quest available for playing Valkyrie, right? I've never seen it. What? It's like play hog and Valkyrie. Yeah, no, I don't know. you're not feeling it. I see it a a a, a not so magical chest. This is a tragical chest, dude. oh yeah, this is a tragic. I got two straight tragical chests,
0: I think, something like that. And I'm a little bit upset. Yeah. But it's okay. You got a legendary. All is good in the world. I can't, you can't get good chests every time. That wouldn't be okay. Right. Then it wouldn't be a game. So. Right. Right. Then it would be utopia. Bingo. Tonight we are sponsored by eHarmony. Rob, if you've tried or you're trying online dating, chances are you've run into lazy text messages, dead-end conversations, and random matches that don't turn into dates. A close buddy of ours recently used eHarmony, and he realized that eHarmony took steps that other dating sites didn't take to find him more compatible matches. And with how deep and thoughtful the questionnaire is that you have to fill out, you can clearly tell it is not just a shallow hookup site. And over decades, eHarmony has used this science,
1: data, and psychological research to send matches that are right for you. Yeah, man. And right now, our listeners can get a free month of eHarmony when they sign up for a three-month subscription by entering the code CASTR at checkout. So stop waiting and start your journey to a satisfying, meaningful relationship. It can be fun to play around with online dating apps, but when you're ready to fall in love with someone and have a meaningful relationship, there's one app that's built to bring you real love. E Harmony. Come see how e Harmony can change your life. Go to eharmony.com and get started. Enter our code C A S T R at checkout. Thanks a lot to eHarmony for sponsoring our show. All right, let's move on to our Deck Spotlight. Deck Spotlight. And this deck is called Hunt Yard because we're going hunting. In a graveyard. Bum, bum, bum. And it is a 3.0 average elixir cost deck that contains the graveyard, the hunter, the ice golem, the ice spirit, poison, guards, mega minion, and the log. So Joe,
0: take me hunting with you. Dude, so this deck is a super, super quick cycle deck. We saw our buddy Colton Wall playing it, and I gotta tell you, man, it is fast, it is dangerous, and it is deadly. The ability to cycle with this deck, not only for offensive purposes, but also for defensive purposes, is tremendous. I think that the Hunter is the long-forgotten defensive card in the game. It came out and it was super good in the meta. And then it kind of trailed off a little bit. But the cool thing about this card is that it's great against tank-type decks. And in the current meta, that's all you see nowadays. You either see golems, you see giants, or you see Big Mama Pekka to defend against them. hmm But this hunter destroys those decks. Sure, you don't have the ability to tornado everything together with this deck but turns out you don't need that when you can lure everything into the middle of the map with the Ice Golem and freeze them all there with the Ice Spirit or distract them for even longer with the Guards. In this deck, the Ice Golem is used to distract while your Hunter is killing things on defense, the Mega Minion is used for defense, the Guards are used for defense. So you may ask yourself, well, when do you ever go on offense? The thing about this deck is that it's so great on defense that you will have extra elixir to go on an offensive counter push. And whether you're using the Ice Golem to tank for the graveyard or you're using the Mega Minion to tank for the graveyard, it doesn't matter. So long as you effectively defend your opponent's pushes with the Hunter and whatever else you need to, remembering to stay cost efficient, using as cheap troops as possible in order to do it, you'll have the ability to go on a counter push. And when you do, it's very difficult for your opponent to be able to defend against a graveyard push when there is a tank involved and they're down elixir. It's not an easy thing for your opponent to do. And to cap it all off, you've got the poison to assist the graveyard in doing what it does best and just
1: melt the tower. Plus, melt anything that gets dropped on top of the graveyard, which typically could be bats, minions, other little squishies that are on the ground.
0: Yeah, man, no, I, I I couldn't agree more. And I think that the the cool thing about this deck is that Normally, you would want to save your graveyard in these kinds of graveyard decks until double elixir time. But if you look at the other cards in this deck, you're not really going to get, you don't have a minor, right? You you don't have the ability to do enough chip damage over time for it to really matter to your opponent if you're not using the graveyard. So the cool thing about this deck is that you don't have to save the graveyard for two minutes in your hand until you play it. You can play this card the second that you successfully defend against your opponent's offensive push. Um, You go on the counter push, the first time you have positive elixir on your opponent, and boom, you're throwing this thing down and you're starting to melt the tower. Um, The severe advantage that this deck has over most is that because it's so quick, the graveyard is tremendously hard to keep up with for your opponent when you are in double elixir, and you can cycle back to your tank and that card to just destroy their towers. Sounds like it. Two things to remember with this deck. If your opponent drops their tank at the bridge to do a very quick tank call it tank attack, is what I'll call it. Mhm. Don't panic in these situations because the hunter will melt the tank in literally no time at all. And you can use your ice golem at the bridge to soak up all the damage and make sure
1: that your hunter stays intact. And because he's a hunter, as that tank gets closer to his gun, the hunter does increasingly more damage.
0: That's right. And if your opponent makes the, the opposite mistake, if they make the mistake of trying to build up a push, putting their big tank in the back behind their king tower when they're in double elixir time, you need to take advantage of that by dropping your tank in either the ice golem or the mega minion at the bridge yourself and going for a graveyard counter push immediately to punish the fact that they were trying to build an offensive counter push and make them focus their elixir elsewhere. And there is
1: nothing more defeating than getting punished after you try yourself a big push. Boom. So that's pretty much it, dude. This deck is super fast. It's super deadly.
0: Very punishing. One wrong move from your opponent. One wrong misplay. And that graveyard is eaten away at their tower. They can't defend against it. It's dead. So, um... To be honest, this deck will take some practice in terms of where you should be placing your hunter in order to get the most value out of it, when to use which defensive card, so that you're not wasting them, but you're effectively using them in terms of the Ice Spirit, the Ice Golem, and the Guards.
1: Um, But dude, once it clicks, it is fantastic. Uh, I agree, and I can totally see that. Boom. All right, and no reviews this week, not because we don't want them, but because we don't have them. Uh, The site that we still use... Uh, it no longer works. So we'll see what that means for the future of the review section. But as always, we appreciate every review that comes through on iTunes. It's the number one way you can help us reach more people. But we did get a new patron that we wanted to shout out last week, but because of time constraints, we couldn't get it in. Uh, huge shout out to Sergey D for helping support
0: the show. Boom, dude, Sergey Thank you so much for taking your hard-earned money to support what we do so that Rob and I can continue to bring fresh, fun, and awesome new content to our entire community. Words can't describe how thankful we are, and we truly, truly appreciate it. Boom.
1: And that's it, man. We are done. Episode 60 in the books. In the books, baby. Let's go. Feels good? Feels good, man. I feel refreshed. You feel, uh... Invigorated, energized, awake,
0: revitalized, sparkified. Ooh, sparkified. I like it. It's good. That's what I do.
1: Land botified. <laughs> Flying botified.
0: Whoa. Whoa.
1: Uh as always, if you would like to leave us feedback, please email feedback at Casrailpodcast.com. And if you'd like to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do so by using the handle at Podcast Royale. That's right. And be sure to join our Discord at com slash Discord. You can join in on the community. You can talk to us. You will know when we have open spots for our clan refresh, which we do every Saturday night into Sunday. And be sure to check us out on Instagram at Podcast. Boom. And special thank you to clnsmedia.com for hosting our show on their site. If you're looking for the most recent episode, you can get it there. Or if you're searching for new podcasts, check out the website.
0: Double boom.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And a huge shout-out to our sponsors tonight, Stamps.com, eHarmony, and Dollar Shave Club. And I literally have nothing else. I'm done. We will see you next time for another HodgePodge of Everything! HodgePodge of Everything!
0: Boom. Boom! Bye. Bye.